You're listening to Health Call Live, your regular Saturday morning appointment with healthcare professionals, where treatment is always painless and there's never a copay. Here's your host, health and wellness correspondent Lee Kelso. And welcome back to the second half of the Health Call Radio Hour. So glad you stuck around. You know, out of the five senses that we live with, I'm going to have to put vision at the top of my list. I'm a visual learner. I know that. And um, I never really appreciated the importance of vision until you lose it, right? And so, really, uh, about 20 years ago, my eyesight started to go down, and then that led me to contact lenses and eventually now wearing the the bifocals that I do mm-hmm. today. So I'm eager to talk to Dr. Ryan Gustis from Eye Care Associates of Bluffton, also offices in Roanoke today, about uh, a number of things involving eye care. But one of them that I want to get to a little bit later on, Doc, is these new eye drops that allow people to not to have to wear their readers, because that's where most of us start. So we're going to get to that in just a second. But first, you are a doctor of optometry. How, Correct. What's the difference between that and an ophthalmologist? Yeah, that's a frequent question, I'd say, because there are, if you even divvied us up, there are as many as seven different specialists. There's vision therapists, there's the primary care type of eye doctor, there's primary uh, eye care uh, doctor, or primary optometrist that also has kind of the uh, medical training and residency. And then there's ophthalmologist and ophthalmologist, there's retina specialists and cataract surgeons and glaucoma specialists. So, really, it's just between the two, I would say uh, ophthalmologist typically is doing surgery and that's more of their specialty. And the optometrist is more of the, your primary care doctor just specifically focused on vision. So, I got you. So, you're able to work with me on all of those conditions that come along just short of surgery. So, macular degeneration, Mm -hmm. glaucoma, all that stuff, right? Yep, yep. Glasses, contacts, and uh, certainly monitoring for both eye disease and systemic disease uh, that can be found in the eyes. Oh, yeah. I was surprised as I started researching this a little more because, frankly, it's just not something I'd spent a lot of time <laughs> looking into. Your eyes really are a window on your health, your entire physical health. Tell me more about that. Yeah, you know, my uh, uh, patients with diabetes will find this uh, conversation very familiar because I'll, I'll, I'll use a little bit of what I tell them. And that is, you know, when it comes to your eyes, think of them like an organ, right? Because they are just like your heart, your liver kidneys, these are all organs. Uh, however, if I want to investigate how your kidneys are doing, well, I can maybe you know feel around your torso, or you can uh, you know have blood work done. But to actually look at them and see how healthy they are, well, frankly, it's going to get kind of messy to, to check into that. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> you got to make it make your way there. Versus the eye, it's the only organ that has a little window in it. And so, when it comes to what we are looking for in the eye, that has to do with your overall health. Well, uh, organs have some of your smallest blood vessels in the body. Your smallest blood vessels are the ones that are most easily affected by, mm-hmm. say, hypertension, diabetes, uh, you know, heart disease, any of these things. And uh, because they're the first things to be damaged, well, we can actually look in the eye, look at these smallest blood vessels, and get an idea of how you know healthy uh, systemically you are as well. Mm-hmm. So, when you are doing an eye exam, how often is it that you will ask someone, did 
do you know you have diabetes? Are you being treated for diabetes? Yeah, it depends on, uh, you know, I think your patient base to a degree. Uh, certainly, it's, it happens somewhat routinely. I'd say hypertension is probably the biggest one or bl- uh, high blood pressure because uh, a lot of um, folks don't make it as regularly to their primary care doctor. Now, whether that's just because you turn around, it's been three years later and you didn't even realize it, you know, that, that's easy to happen. But pretty faithfully, people know when you're vision changes, you go, you get your eyes checked. And so, we will find either uh, blood vessel changes in the back of the eye, like the hardening of the arteries. You can actually uh, detect that in the eye. Uh, likewise, we actually, uh, as a primary care doctor, we also check blood pressure and you know, routinely find, uh, uh, to their surprise, that, oh, they have a little higher blood pressure than they uh, last thought. So, tell me what you can see in the back of my eye that tells you that I have a, a blood pressure problem. Yeah, typically, um, so there's arteries and veins is what I'll tell people. And arteries are what uh, kind of harden with higher blood pressure, uh, ather- arteriosclerosis. And so, you'll see where the arteries crisscross over veins, and the artery will start pushing down on a vein. I liken it to essentially if you put, you know, had your hose turned on in the backyard, and you went and stepped on the uh, stepped on a hose to start uh, cutting off the water coming through. You'll see this pinching down of the veins, and in a more serious version of that. So if your blood pressure is uh, very high or it's been high for a long time and untreated, it'll actually uh, close off that vein, and the blood cannot then return. So you'll actually have uh, bleeding in the eye, which there are different versions of bleeding in the eye that can also point you towards uh, either blood pressure or diabetes. Fascinating. Uh, Diabetic eye problems are Mm -hmm. huge. What is there about diabetes that has such a toll on your eyes? It's it's really a toll everywhere, really. It's just that, um, well, A, we worry about the eyes because, well, that's your vision, and people don't want to lose vision. But it's really a sign of of a problem everywhere if you are seeing uh, diabetes in the eyes. And what we see is, kind of going back to those small blood vessels I was talking about, you'll see them, um, or as I tell people, sugar, when you have extra sugar in your blood, it uh, travels around and it's going to damage those small blood vessels first. So, those small blood vessels will essentially break and leak, and then that'll lead to scarring. So, if you have uh, diabetes that's uncontrolled, or uh, frankly, sometimes this is where there's a disconnect, where perhaps your primary care doctor thinks you're fairly controlled, you know, your blood sugar numbers are okay, not great, but not terrible, Mm -hmm. and you come in and suddenly we see retinopathy, well, we know for you individually, that number that seemed at least manageable ends up being too high for you. So, you need to be treating that much more aggressively. Or likewise, sometimes you'll have someone with a higher number um, with their with their blood glucose, and you look in their eye, and they actually seem fine. And it's a little bit of a sigh of relief to say, well, at least we have some time to work with this, because you're not having, you know, we call it end organ damage yet. You will if we don't get this in, under control, but yeah. at least we have some time. So, retinopathy, diabetic mm-hmm. retinopathy, is that telling me that my, my retinas are actually dying? Um, partly, they can. So, in the advanced states, so in the early stages, the blood vessels will leak, but everything is still relatively functional. So, when you have early retinopathy, uh, just a few blood spots, your vision will not change at all, or you will not notice that. Um, 
then later on, as if you're not getting things under control, those blood vessels will actually die off and stop uh, essentially giving oxygen to parts of the retina. That is when then you might actually start noticing uh, your vision loss because parts of your retina die off. And then in the very, very advanced stages, it'll actually start to scar and, uh, and tear itself up in the back of the eye, essentially. And those are the very sad, very late stage uh, versions. So you do have to spend some time to get there. Mm -hmm. And some people are unlucky, you know, unfortunately. And some people are also have difficulty controlling it. And so, uh, but that's one of the things is very early on, you really, you really won't notice. Um, but one takeaway that I do have for people is say, say you're a 40 something year old. Um, and you have a big prescription shift. Not not the up close reading thing I'm talking about, but but before you could see distance fine, and now whew, it's really blurry. Yeah. Well, if your blood sugar goes fairly high, it'll actually shift the prescription of your eye. Oh. So that's one of the first things that if I ever have someone at a, a later age, they're not teenagers growing uh, and becoming more nearsighted. This is a 40 year old or a 30 year old. We will send them to go get their blood sugar checked to make sure it's not diabetes that has caused the shift. So, kind of emphasizes the importance of having an annual eye exam. Mm -hmm. How many people don't do that? <laughs> That's a good, you know, I probably should look that statistic up. It's, I know that of the primary care uh, uh, health field, we are the most well attended. So, I know really? that, yeah, as far as, you know, uh, the other doctors out there. That's uh, partly where they really encourage, you know, or where we encourage certainly checking blood pressure and things like that because we know we hit the people that aren't routinely going. Um, but it, it is, uh, I want to say, uh, you know, it's got to be at least 30%, I believe, aren't necessarily getting routine eye exams. Um, the number changes, though, because you don't necessarily uh, need yearly eye exams once you've made it into that early adulthood. I mean, if you've made it that far and you don't need glasses and you're a healthy person, every few years is okay. Once you hit uh, 60, though, your, your chance of having a problem either uh, with your overall health or your eyes specifically, like glaucoma or cataracts uh, or macular degeneration, uh, really goes up dramatically. So, once you hit 60, it should absolutely be every year. And one place you can get that done is at uh, the Eye Care Associates of Blood. They also have offices in Roanoke. You can mm -hmm. find them online at iCareBluffton.com. When we come back, we're going to talk about one recent uh, change in eye care, and that is the ability to put in some eye drops, and you might be lucky enough to be able to leave your readers behind. <laughs> That's exciting. We're going to get to that, and we continue here on the Health Call Radio Hour on WoWo. Welcome back to Health Call Live. If you've got a question, you don't have to give blood to get the answer. Just call us at 447-1190. And that is the number to call if you have a question about eye care with uh, Dr. Ryan Gustis from Eye Care Associates of Bluffton. They also have offices in Roanoke. I teased everybody at the top of the program with this uh, relatively new treatment mm -hmm. that you put in some eye drops and I no longer have to wear my readers. Now, that's, that's pretty awesome, but tell me more about how that works and how often you prescribe it. Sure, yeah. So it's uh, it comes from so the drop is called Vuity, and it's made by AbV, I believe, and it it comes from a long tradition of taking an old medication, uh, figuring out that maybe its side effects could be useful, and then repackaging said uh, medication 
and then charging more for it in the future. <laughs> <laughs> of course, that's you know, how pharma works. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, it does have some uh, utility for sure. So uh, to go back, it's it's uh, the medication is called pilocarpine, and it used to be a glaucoma treatment uh, or a primary uh, glaucoma treatment. Since then. Several uh, more, you know, or several better medications have come out. So it's not a regular thing that we use anymore. Um, it's also used by people that have uh, Sjogren's syndrome. It's that you can take an oral version of it to help uh, create more saliva. So there's people that have been on chemo or things like that that uh, have to take it for that as well. So they uh, took the the old version of it, reformulated it into a weaker version, and they use the side effect that it produced of making your pupils smaller, and then also uh, contract the little muscles that surround your lens inside your eye that when you are uh, younger as you'll see you know, uh, we'll say anyone under the age of 40 can generally hold their phone pretty close to their face and yeah. uh, uh, see it. And then perhaps you've made it past this point, you know, uh, Lee. But uh, eventually it gets harder to do that. And it's that lens that no longer uh, bends and flexes as well. So this eye drop shrinks your pupil to uh, increase your depth of field. Uh, the side effect of that is that things are a little more dim because it's only letting in light that is uh, uh, focused within a narrower range, mm-hmm. or the narrow range, and then it expands your focus. But then, uh, two, it also contracts that muscle a little bit to bring your lens uh, forward a little to help uh, help you focus. So, so just like uh, everything else in my body mm-hmm. gets stiff as I get older, the lens in my eye gets stiff. And so, that's mm-hmm. why I need to start wearing readers. And this kind of adjusts for that. How I, So, I do these drops once a day? They're once a day. And so, um, where, where I guess uh, I, would, I would start here is to say it's, it's one of those where, in, in general, we're always, you know, you hit a point in your life, you're looking for an answer <laughs> to your problems. <laughs> yeah. And I think this eye drop is born from we're still looking for a perfect answer, right? You know, there's uh, trade offs with bifocals and progressives, there's trade offs with multifocal contact lenses, there's trade offs with having uh, or a monovision contact lens where one eye is distance, one eye is up close, and then readers just remembering to put them on your face. Um, the eye drop is a nice addition to that. However, it does. Doesn't it has it has a small kind of subsection of people it works well for. So you need to be uh, partway into your process of losing your ability to see up close. But if you're too early, it's a little too strong. So it'll it'll pull everything together a little too much and give you a headache. Hmm. If you are too far along or have had cataract surgery, the effect isn't quite enough. So you need to be in this kind of Goldilocks zone of not too much, not too little, just right, and it'll be effective for you. The other thing is really you need to be one of those people that either um, really couldn't use one of those other options, uh, say, you know, progressive, maybe you don't adapt to them well, or you couldn't wear contacts or something like that, um, or perhaps you're just lucky and didn't need any distance prescription and just needed something for up close. Well, those drops are really for that person, because if you already have a progressive that you've adapted to, well, you're still going to need your distance vision to uh, correct it in order to see. So, right. if you're already wearing correction overall, then the drop isn't really going to help you much. And then the last thing that probably disappoints the people when I do find good candidates, because we definitely have patients that we prescribe it to, uh, well, it is uh, not covered by insurance. And it, while it is prescription that you pick up with the 
pharmacy, it's roughly 80 bucks uh, a month if you use it once a day. And so, uh, sometimes people are uh, a little less than eager to, to spend that. But if they have the need and, yeah. and want to, certainly they can. Well, I, I've, I lived that life of wearing those <laughs> darn readers and how much I hated them because they're yes. never where you need them. No. They always get scratched. or Yeah, there's all of that. So, I can see that the eye drops might be kind of nice. And then, how long does it last? So, once a day and it lasts all day long? Oh, it starts to tail off, if, especially if you use it in the morning. It'll start tailing off by that evening, which is... A little bit. Well, it kind of depends what your needs are, but by and large, since it makes your pupils smaller, and at night there is less light around, you do kind of want it wearing off at night so that you see better for night driving and things. Yeah. Um, however, if you're wanting to use it and go out without readers and see a menu and you know see a show and everything, well, yeah, you know you'll probably have to give yourself another dose by that point. I get that. What is the um what is the sign that something has changed enough that I need to take it seriously in my vision? I mean, you know, I'm 65. I, my, uh, my vision isn't what it used to be, and I'm finding that my, I have to kind of update prescription a lot more than I ever expected hmm. in the past. Is that something to be concerned about? Yeah. Well, uh, first of all, I'll say you didn't look 65, and oh, I meant that you. in a good way, okay. all right? Fr- <laughs> frankly. Could it be 85? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought you were 85. <laughs> well, what, I, what I'll tell people is, so, um, if you ever have an abrupt change in your vision, generally speaking, you do want to get that chain, uh, checked out fairly urgently. And a, an abrupt change can be blurred vision. It can be uh, like new floaters or uh, seeing flashes of light. There's there's a certain condition that most people face actually around 65 uh, that uh, can be uh, can lead to retinal detachment. Um, so, you want to look for signs of new floaters or flashes or sudden vision changes. Um, if it's a very slow, gradual change, it just means, uh, at least at, at your point in life and uh, others around your age, it's that lens that continues to change. So, it started the stiffening and, and uh, process uh, around, well, actually, it starts very early, but around 40 is when it's gotten to the point mm-hmm. where you just can't yeah, bend and flex it to see up close yeah. as well. Yeah. But it doesn't stop there. It keeps going, and then it'll gradually keep changing your vision. And then, on its path to becoming cloudy, that's when it becomes a cataract. I want to shift and talk on the other edge, uh, end of the age spectrum, mm-hmm. and let's talk about pediatric eye care. And I know that's one of your uh, key interests as well, is, mm-hmm. is eye care for kids. What's a sign that my child needs some help? That is a tricky one, because very often, the more serious problems that we find, the child never showed any issues at all. Because they don't know any better, right? Because they don't know. That's their world. They just yeah. they just have been living their life this way. And the problem, I would say, that's most serious is called amblyopia. It's uh, It used to be called lazy eye, but mm-hmm. it, that's kind of a term that just doesn't... It's not specific enough, because you can have also eye turns where the eye turns in or out. But that's more obvious. You know, if your child's eye is suddenly turning in, you'll want to take them somewhere. And if you go to the pediatrician, they'll send you to, to us. But uh, the the easy, the one that's very easy to miss and where parents feel most guilty about is where 
the one eye does have a stronger prescription, and the brain just ignores it. And so then we bring them in. I have to apologize. I have to leave it there. I've just run out of time. Uh, so <laughs> I'd love to have you back. That is Dr. Ryan Gustis from Eye Care Associates of Bluffton, also offices in Roanoke. You will find them at eyecarebluffton.com. Really enjoyed talking to you. I guess that's why Same. the conversation got so out of, out of hand. And we're out of time. So we'll see you all next week. You've been listening to Health Call Live. Watch a recording of today's program on the Health Call Facebook page or on the web at www.healthcall.live. Drop us a line to recommend a guest or suggest a topic for a future broadcast. Join us next Saturday at 9 a.m. for another edition of Health Call Live on WoWo 1190 a.m. and 107.5 FM. Podcasts by Federated Media.